With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of Friends from Football. I hope you are enjoying the final bits of your summer, whatever you got going on, because it is nearly football season, baby. Today's episode is going to be really fun. I am joined today by two of my lifelong friends. They're actually brothers, Grant and Brett Gertzma. They are originally from Seattle, and so I wanted to bring them in to get their perspective on not just the NFL, but the Seahawks and the NFC West. And so we're going to kick off today's episode by going around the NFL with them, and then you're going to get a little preview into the NFC West and the Seahawks season really specifically, and then we'll finish up with a few fantasy football things. Next week, Thursday, the NFL season starts that night, so the episode on Friends from Football before the game, I will give you my five best bets. My goal is to pick five games against the spread every week and just track how we're doing as the season progresses. And so I'll kick that off next week with Kyle's best bets from week one. But let's just jump into it right away and go around the NFL with Brett and Grant Gertzma. All right, Grant and Brett Gertzma. Welcome to Friends from Football, my first ever guests. Let's go. Thank you for having us. We're very excited about this it. This is a dream come true. <laughs> Why am I starting with the Seahawks? Because you're talking to the two premier experts <laughs> in Seahawks football history. I tried Matt Hasselbeck. I tried Sean Alexander. They were busy. And so here we are, Brett and uh, Grant Gertzma. Did you try Dave Craig? <laughs> you know what? I tried Jim Zorn, not Dave Craig. Uh, I missed it. <laughs> no one's going to care about our family history, but a quick little background here. Grant, Brett, and I, and your brother Tyler, who actually does know Matt Hasselbeck, right? Yes. <laughs> a little he bit. has tweeted back and forth with Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> Claim to fame. And Grant, by the way, has a signed hat from which, Matt Hasselbeck. Which makes it a very deep personal relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they go way back. Tweets back and forth obviously lead to deep relationships. So. <laughs> yeah. Our families go way back. Kind of the origin of this entire conversation is our shared love for the Seattle Mariners because, little known fact, all of our families started in Seattle, then all moved to Iowa, then moved to Michigan, and now Grant's here with me in Nashville. And so all the while, we've kept our Mariners love. I just never really caught the Seahawks bug, and that's why you're here today. So you can help inform our audience. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to inform everybody, um, especially about the uh, 53 man roster cuts. My favorite addition is Jake Bobo, so I'll talk extensively about Jake Bobo for y'all. What do we need to know about Jake Bobo? <laughs> Jake Bobo is an undrafted free agent, wide receiver, and he's been making highlight reel catches just like <laughs> nonstop in the preseason. Jake Bobo is going to get 2,000 yards receiving. This <laughs> 
So I think let's start by going around the league a little bit, some hot takes, some bold predictions. Every single year, there is a team that right now is really good. Their fans are stoked on them. They made the playoffs last year. They even made a deep run. But every year, somebody falls all the way out and falls out of the playoffs. And almost every year, there is a team that finishes last in their division and somehow goes from last to first in their division. Give me your hottest take on if you had to guess who's going to be the team that totally tumbles or takes a huge step back, maybe even misses the playoffs that was really good last year and vice versa. Is there any like last to first candidates or maybe not even last to first, but just a team that wasn't good that you think could actually jump up and surprise people? I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys, because I think Mike McCarthy is um, uh, not very good and he's completely taken control and somehow fired an incredibly strong offensive coordinator. I'm going to go with the Cowboys being a team that falls back this year. Oh, wow. Okay. That is a hot take. That's a pretty hot take. I saw Nick Wright on First Things First picked him to the Super Bowl. So there you go. Well, what does Nick Wright know compared to me is is my (laughs) second question. Good point. Good point. Good point. Fair. Fair. And then who makes the jump forward? Uh, uh, Jump forward, I'm going to go with the – I'm not sure if this is a – Fair thing to say. I'm not sure if it fits into the category you're talking about, but I think the Lions are going to be a legit Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, their defense, defensive line and offensive line where you win games is extremely good on both sides. Uh, their secondary, they, they got stacked up both in the draft and in free agency. I think Jared Goff is good enough. Their wide receivers, besides St. Brown, is a bit of a question mark. Uh, they drafted a Laporta, the tight end from, uh, I think, I don't know if it's Iowa or where he's from. Yeah, I just think the Lions are going to be extremely good this year. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. Maybe more importantly than all of that, what scares me the most as a Vikings fan is that Kirk thinks Ben Johnson is the truth. Kirk thinks that Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, is going to be like the next Kyle Shanahan. That's how good he thinks he is as an offense coordinator. So that's what makes me nervous. Part of me thinks they're going to lion it, like somehow – they're going to do dumb stuff like attempt field goals like they did against the Vikings that they miss and then give us a chance to win. But the Ben Johnson of it all scares me. And the fact that he didn't take a head coaching job this year, but actually came back to be an offensive coordinator because he was doing interviews. I don't understand that at all, but feels like maybe they're building something special there. Yeah, I'm nervous about that. Dude, they have a very special offense. That wasn't their problem last year. Right. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Like we're talking they gave up 45 points a game. So if their defense gets any better... The Vikings were 31st in yards. I think the Lions were 32nd in yards. (laughs) They were so bad. Keep in mind, mind the Lions defense, the Lions defense the second half of the year was much better, and that's why they're all of a sudden a really tough team to beat, and uh, it's only going to be better this year. Uh, Their offense should be no worse, um, if not better, when you got Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. And their defense should only be better. I mean, their their secondary got. I went to the Seahawks Lions game last year where the final score was like forty five to forty two Seahawks, and we'd completely torched their secondary. I mean, they are stacked in the secondary on paper right now. Um, they're gonna be tough. What about Jamison Williams too? Who is that? Is that his name? They drafted in the first round last year. The wide receiver. That dude hasn't even played yet. It hasn't been good. He got suspended. He's, and he's then suspended. He did come back and play. He got yeah, but then he got hurt too. I know, but if he comes back and he's the wide receiver that he was in college, I mean, yeah. they might they might have... I'm not putting my chips in on him, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but I, I agree, Brett. I don't think that's... 
like the hottest take in terms of like well it's I, not I a think, hot take they're favored to win the division right now if you go bet yeah i think they're going to be really really good i do think the vikings edge them out in the division and i this might be a homer thing but i think that the vikings defense is going to be a lot more aggressive a lot more fun to watch and and better at getting off the field um and we talk seahawks and vikings being sister teams like we both saw, they run the same offense because we have McVay's offense essentially installed in both places. Yeah, and then we had the same like Sean Desai, Vic Fangio kind of defense happening between the two of them. Seeing that go away for the Vikings, I think is going to be really exciting. And I do think that the Vikings, if their defense is better, are just have a better, better team all around than I think the Lions do. Well, but. I did a full uh, Viking season preview as last week's episode, so go check that out if you want to hear my thoughts on that. Give me a team that you think is going to fall out and a team that you think is going to jump up. Okay, my fallout team is the Buffalo Bills. Oh! Um, okay. I think their defense is re- it showed some serious signs of regression towards the end of last year, and they kind of fell apart. And I could see them kind of like – I could see it all kind of like going to crap and the coach losing the locker room and it's just and I could see it being bad and as somebody who lived through the dig stuff I don't think it's nothing it, for a while we thought it was nothing when the Vikings were in the playoffs winning a playoff game and Diggs is on the sideline throwing his helmet because he's not getting the ball even though they're winning and we thought okay it's just nothing he's competitive and then it just kind of kept leaking until it was something and he's I'm like, nervous what does this dude want 15 receptions and 200 yards every game I don't know I'm nervous it's going to be something so I'm kind of with you on that I actually bet they're under but I don't think they're going to fall away of the playoffs yeah I, I mean I could see it I, I just think they're going to be the drop-off team. I can see the Bengals being – I always – they're just the Bengals. There's some something about me that always thinks that, like, I don't I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Do you think the Eagles are a candidate at all? No, I, I think the Eagles are just as good as they were. But here's my thing with the Eagles. I feel like anytime you lose both coordinators, and they did lose a lot of guys that get poached from the Super Bowl run – plus the emotional letdown of ramping up for that and then not winning it. I don't know. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, but could they – see, I'm almost different than Brett. Could could Dallas and Philly actually more battle it out versus Philly just running away with it? That's a question I have. As I'm as I'm thinking more about what I said, I wish I'd have put more thought into it, although I'm not going to backtrack in my Cowboys stance. The hotter take – because of the fact that apparently the Cowboys' defense is incredible, I would say – uh, although this is going to be ridiculous to say, what about the Chiefs? I mean, typically teams coming off Super Bowl wins have a hard no. time the next year. Um, I mean, Kelsey's a year Disagree. older. Mahomes was hurt a lot. Uh, I'm just saying I would not be surprised if the Chiefs aren't as good this year as they were last year. I, I think the Chiefs are going to be that same kind of thing where they kind of start out and they don't have the stuff and then they just figure it out as the season goes on because Mahomes is just so good. Mahomes is an otherworldly football player. And Reed. The partnership together, I think. Okay, what what about this team? What what about if Justin Fields turns into being legit, could the Bears go to be all of a sudden becoming relevant? Yes. The Bears and the Jets are two of the teams that I'm totally avoiding betting because I just I don't know. Like with the Jets, I feel like it could go incredibly well. Like Aaron Rodgers like totally revitalizes his career, all the young weapons, their defense, which we know was already good. But at the same time, could I also see it like the offensive line not being good and all of a sudden he's getting hit a lot and all of a sudden it's prickly with the wide receivers and I don't know. I could I just totally have no read. And the Bears are the other team like that where it's like as a Vikings fan, I watch a lot of the Bears. People forget they were 3 and 14. They started I think they started 2 and 2 and then went 1 and 12 the rest of the way. 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm not a wins and loss guy, but Justin Fields is five and twenty in his first twenty five starts. I, again, I'm not a wins loss guy, but if you watch him a lot, I can't get a feel. He is an elite runner. Like once a game, you'll see this on YouTube. You'll see it on ESPN. A highlight of him just juking guys and taking it eighty yards, and that scares me sometimes. I'm like, holy cow! But then you look at the score, and it's like, oh, it's the fourth quarter, and they have seven points. That was the only <laughs> touchdown of the game. Because when you actually watch him. He still is not finding things in great rhythm. He is also one of these guys that will leave the pocket really early, and it makes the offensive line look horrible. And I've seen a lot of games where the pocket is magnificent, and he's rolling out. It's like, where are you going? That's the kind of thing where I'm like, I don't know if he'll ever learn that side of it. But if he does, yeah, they could be really good. Plus, I believe in their coach. I mean, Jalen Jalen Hurts, I mean, in I can see a similar jump that Jalen Hurts had from I think I was year year two to three, and I think in Fields' defense, then he have Matt Nagy as his head coach his first year, and then he had yep. a new coach last year. So this is the first time he's actually coming back with the same system. Um, the talent's there, and uh, if I agree, Kyle, if he can figure out the nuances, that's not something that typically happens all of a sudden three years into an NFL career as a quarterback. But if it does, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears all of a sudden get close to a double digit win. Can we also hold on? This is about the Bears, really okay. quick. I do think that Justin Fields misses stuff, but I I would argue that Justin Fields has also had the worst weapons yep. of any quarterback in yep. the NFL. Yep, like they've got nobody catching balls. Correct. Like Darnell Mooney was their top, and now player. he does have DJ Moore. Yeah, if- I I think they could turn it around. I I think the best bet for them though is like nine nine wins would be I think the high water mark for the Bears. My my hottest take I think going into this season is I think the Carolina Panthers are the biggest okay. candidate for worst to first, and I, they weren't the worst. They I really think that the Panthers figured something out towards the end of last year and they did this to the Seahawks. Brett watched this game and then I thought like, okay, this was like a one-off. Our run defense is so bad. Yeah. And then they kept doing it. Every game where they're just running down people's throats with a bunch of nobodies and Sam Darnold winning games. Yep. Because they could just just rush it down people's throats. And I think with and a better quarterback, surprisingly good. their defense was good. Their offensive line looked great in run blocking, at least. I think the Panthers could end up being really freaking good and could be like winning that division slash going to the NFC Championship. So I totally, That's my hottest take. I totally agree. I don't think it's that hot. I, I like Frank Reich as well. And I feel like, yes, halfway through the season, they caught fire. They were doing some of that with some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL. 100%. I mean, there was, I mean, do you remember the years they're trotting out? Was it PJ Walker? Yeah. And yeah. like just <laughs> unbelievably bad stuff. Here's another hot take in the same division. Don't judge me. Do you think Atlanta could be actually pretty decent. I I felt like Atlanta, especially if you go back and watch that quarterback documentary, they were actually extremely competitive for a, I mean, let me go, let me back up. Before last season, I thought the Seahawks and the Falcons and the Bears would be the three worst teams. That's what I predicted. The Seahawks were totally not the worst team at all. They were great. But the Falcons, I had an, a special eye on them because I'd predicted that. They were in every game with, again, some of the worst quarterback play of all time. My only fear there is I totally don't hear good things about Desmond Ritter. But I like the culture, what they're doing, that new running back they drafted. It looks like he's a freak. Yeah. I'm into what they're doing, except for the quarterback. So that division's interesting to me because I think both those teams could be significantly better. Yeah, and and 
Tampa Bay is going to be bottom feeders this yep. year. The, in my the opinion, they're, they're the worst team in the NFL. Um, so, yes, I agree the Falcons could be pretty good. I don't think – their quarterback plays just too bad to me. Yeah, and nervous. the thing that make, gives me hope with the Panthers is that I think that Bryce Young could protect the ball – we don't. He's, he's an unknown. Like, there's a lot of things that could go he wrong could with him. Fine. He could be. He could be injured. Like he. He's a. He looks like a young will beanstalk be, <laughs> out there. Young will be fine. Young will be fine. He's not going to lose. Fine would be them. usable for them. Hundred percent. And I agree with what Grant says. Similar to the Lions, they were a team in the second half that nobody wanted to play. So Grant, that's a that's a good call out. The Lions one is so fascinating because they beat the thirteen and four Vikings late in the season last year. But they gave up 440 yards passing to Kirk in that game, and the and the Vikings lost. Yeah, 440. Yeah, they've so. got to figure something out on defense. <laughs> they really do. I just realized the Bucks won that division last year. What the heck? That that division Dude. is completely yeah. wide open. And they won a playoff game, didn't they? Okay, hold on. We got to fact check that. I I don't remember that at all. I don't world. think they did. <laughs> There's no way they did. I think the that Bucks was the won last the Super Tom Bowl. Brady year. <laughs> you know what? That's my recollection too. There's no way. <laughs> just hold on one second. I got to no just way. fact check this. No, they lost 31 to 14 to Dallas in the first round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they got blown All right. So yeah. don't listen to everything Grant has to say. No. Okay. Here's one last one. And this is maybe not that scorching. I'm not fully ready to give my soul over to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. And I think that people are a little bit, don't judge me again, underselling the Titans. Not that I think the Titans are going to be great, but I think they're over under seven and a half, and a lot of people think they're going to be bad, bad. I just trust Vrabel, and I trust Vrabel as far as what he's going to do on defense. And I just don't, like Trevor Lawrence, for some reason, because of his first-round draft grade, just has ascended in people's minds. But people literally are calling him, like, the second coming. And it's like, I I think he's a good player, but to have him as like the fifth best quarterback already, keep in mind, I'm going to blow your mind for a second. The Titans had to lose their last seven games in a row for the Jags to make the playoffs. The Titans went 0-7 in their last seven, <laughs> which is insane, right? But I just don't know that I, because of that, I just don't know that. Remember they were trotting out Josh Dobbs in yeah. almost winning? Like I Dude, just, the Cardinals just decided to make their starting quarterback yeah, without playing a snap, by the just, way, so. Uh, there's never been a more obvious tank job than the yeah, fact that the, the Cardinals Caleb, cut Colt McCoy Caleb basically being like, we don't want to win a single game. <laughs> we want to play. Dude, well, here's Dobbs. the thing. Like, has Kyler, Kyler Murray, like, he might not be great, but, like, if you're tanking with Kyler Murray at quarterback, like, yes, Caleb Williams might not be any better than Kyler Murray. So, like... No, Kyler Murray's not good. But... but <laughs> and Kyler Murray's a cancer in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to hear this story again about Kyler Murray because this needs to get on the uh, this needs to get on the podcast. Okay. What is the story about Kyler Murray and Call of Duty? You need to tell it. <laughs> well, you mean just that? Do people not know that he plays a lot of video games? Well, people need to know that he plays video games. His, what's what's the stat? I, need I don't to know, know the, the exact number, but let me just say this: his performance and his win loss record take a massive dive whenever there's like a new Warzone update. <laughs> it's like the weekend Warzone updates the game or there's like a double XP weekend that's what the stat is a double XP weekend which means like more bonus points in Warzone he doesn't watch any film doesn't practice and his statistics are horrific the weekend after he played a lot of Warzone okay here we go here you we go you know what I give him credit for his dedication to his craft in Warzone <laughs> so well done
Okay, no, it's Reddit user user negative B took the time to chart out Murray's game performances <laughs> and compare them to when there's double XP weekends double in Call XP. of Duty. That's what I said. With the findings being pretty damning. In short, Murray was markedly worse during special Call of Duty weekends. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. I if that is true, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite things. I love the whole narrative last year of, oh, the contract thing's not a big deal. And I'm like, who puts do you have to watch a certain amount of time in the contract unless it's a big deal? It's a big deal. He's playing Call of Duty. That's the truth. Look what's happening. 100%. And he's just, 100%. he's trying to get by on pure athleticism just like Jamarcus Russell was. We all saw how that worked out. Like, hey, leave Jamarcus dudes, alone. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I thought about this the other day. And I was thinking, you like, keep Jamarcus what, Russell's name out of your mouth. What in your mind, <laughs> yeah. like, what in your right, who in their right mind would get an opportunity to get to this level and then decide that, like, you know what? I actually don't need to put in the work. I'm so good. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? If somebody handed me $10 million and they said, listen, you're going to keep doing this job, but I could also just like not really work very hard and still be rich and then just retire and no one cares. That's basically what Brett does with Parks and Rec or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, he's I mean, made a yes. big, now he just, just phones That's it That's why I was in. like, I kind of I get it. It's, it's more about like a respect, like you're playing for respect <laughs> and generational wealth, of course. But like if I had, if I had $10 million, I can see how I'd be like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to go watch this film for the next eight hours. I'm going to play Call of Duty instead. <laughs> I, I get it a little bit. That's what, all I'm saying. Well, let's hope your employer, employer is not listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, farmer's dog. <laughs> Plug your ears. <laughs> Listen, right after this, I'm going straight into work. I'm going to manage a bunch yeah, of people. And we're going to do serious management <laughs> right after this. Um, uh, I will say one team I, I wish I would have mentioned. Uh, Kellen Moore is now with the Chargers, and I could see the Chargers offense exploding, which has been Kellen one of their guy, missing huh? pieces. Yeah, you. I, what is it with I, you I mean, and Kellen Moore, dudes, Brett? I mean, we're close. I mean, we grew up together. Um, we've been best friends. He ran since the Statue of Liberty in college. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. He did quarterback the most exciting college football game in the history of college football, in my opinion. I'm just saying, when the 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 Cowboys did not have a scoring problem with him there, and he's got a legit quarterback in Herbert, um, I could see the Chargers taking a jump now. Uh, the, and their head coach is a defensive minded head coach. That seems to be a pretty good combo. Yeah, Kyle, you you have you had some takes about. Well, maybe it wasn't a take. You're not as high on Herbert as other people. Why do you feel that way? No, 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 no. I, I like I like Herbert. I, I just don't love – there's a difference between who would I want if I'm forming my team and just the way the media talks about certain people. That's what I get bothered by. I personally think that Patrick Mahomes has kind of set himself above the rest. And then I – this sounds crazy, but I think like guys two through like nine or ten are pretty interchangeable given their circumstances. Now, does somebody do something a little bit better? Yeah. But like Herbert – I think he's really good, and I would gladly start my team with him. Don't get me wrong. But he gets talked about again like he's the second coming, and I'm like, he he hasn't done he hasn't done that much. And if you actually watched a lot of their games, to Brett's point, pre-Killing Moore, Brett, did you watch the Chargers last year? Sometimes their offense was painful to watch. He was amongst the league leaders in lowest yards per attempt. It was check down city, dude. Just atrocious. You have this guy with this massive cannon, and he just – Constantly threw to Austin Eckler three yards in front of the line of scrimmage. 
And that's my point. That's why I think there's a chance that if Kellen Moore unlocks that offense, I mean, they have, I mean, Mike Williams I gets agree. hurt all the time, but they have some, they have some studs in the skilled position. I mean, they get Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. Plus, they did, they drafted Quentin Johnson from TCU. I mean, I could see them being really good on offense, and if their defense is is above average or above average, they'd be a tough team to beat. I think the Chargers could be a team that could make a jump because of the fact that they have been a team that have been the champions of losing games in the fourth quarter in crazy ways. If they find ways not to do that and Kellen Moore unlocks uh, the incredible arm that Herbert has and he doesn't check down to Eckler every two plays, the Chargers could make a leap. <laughs> My final closing team, I am convinced that Denver's not going to be that much better. I think a lot of people saw the Sean Payton hire, which I totally believe. Uh, I like I'm a I'm a believer in what Sean Payton can do, but I'm just nervous that Russ is closer to washed than not, and that there's going to be some weird growing pains there. And Russ is not Sean's guy, so if they start two and four, is there a world where like that gets contentious? Do you end up sitting Russ? I. A lot of people at the beginning of the offseason picked them to be a team that makes a huge jump because of the nature. I think they'll make a little jump, but I don't think they're going to be very good. No, the the thing is, Russell Wilson is not Drew Brees. The only thing that's similar about them is their height. And other than that, <laughs> Drew Brees was a generationally great quarterback who, even with Sean Payton all those years, fielded some of the worst defenses that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL with the Saints those years, where they went seven and nine, seven and nine with three years in the, a row with the best quarterback play you can imagine. Yep. So like, Russ is not Drew Brees was amazing at scheduled throws, playing yes. within the structure of the offense, and Russ is the opposite of that. I think the Denver Broncos are going to be bottom feeders again. I don't know if they're going to be bottom feeders. For me, the bottom feeders are Vegas. I really don't believe in what Josh McDaniels is doing. Tampa. Arizona, I'm probably forgetting one, but those three in particular. Yeah. Vegas, Tampa, and Arizona. Commanders. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in Ron Rivera, but I do think the com- the commander's defense is unbelievable. I think. At least watching them last year. T- talk about drafting defensive linemen from Alabama every year that are actually all really good. <laughs> Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. It's terrifying. When yeah, you play the, the, they've done it with that defensive line. I, d- I don't want to play against their defense. Howell line. has looked good in the preseason if he's at all remotely average. I don't think they're great, but I think they win seven or eight games for me. As a lifelong diehard representative of a Seahawks fan, I mean, I can't think of anyone better. What was it like these last two years? I guess take our audience back through the journey of Russell Wilson. What was it like having Russ during those years and then the exit, and what was last season like for you? It uh, started with um, immediate love. And, uh, you know, we we had, what, Matt Flynn, um, who we had picked up that offseason, which no one was excited about. And I was actually hoping the Hawks were going to get Kirk Cousins in that draft. And I think Kirk actually thought he was maybe going to the Seahawks. Correct. And um, then we ended up getting Russell Wilson in the third round instead, and we were all pretty confused by it and didn't really know what to think. But then the hype was building um, right after preseason game one. The hype continued to build and build and build, and he won the starting job. And he was immediately just different than any quarterback I had seen for uh, a long time. Just, um, you know, just different. He just did things different, just – 
impossible to tackle and sack, and um, we had, had an elite defense right then too, which helped things. Um, so then it just got better and better until we won the, won the Super Bowl. And then it seems like after that second year where we lost in the Super Bowl, things started going downhill because our defense was not as good. So he was more, we were more dependent on him to actually be a legit quarterback who could move, uh, move the chains and be a possession quarterback, and that's just not him. And then it got worse and worse and worse and got to a point where he, he was kind of getting exposed and realized that, hey, he actually might not be that good and was kind of covered by a lot of things for a long time. And um, when he got traded to the Broncos, I think I can probably speak for Grant, we were a little bit shocked and sad. And then I had a pretty quick turn to almost hatred and enjoying <laughs> watching him fail. <laughs> and it didn't help that he's one of the most socially awkward people in the entire world. Um, just has no clue uh, how to relate to people. And I listened to a lot of Seahawks podcasts and former players, K.J. Wright being one of them, and Golden Tate and others who have even recently thro um, publicly uh, made pretty negative comments about him and what he was like as a teammate. So pretty big roller coaster, but all in all, he won us a Super Bowl, and I will always love him for that. Um, but right now I'm enjoying watching him fail. One of the reasons I think the Seahawks are a fun team to start with is because I think that trade to Denver and the way Denver season went and the way Seattle season went last year is one of the most interesting storylines of the entire season last year. Truly, if you could go back to this time last year, nobody, I mean, nobody saw Denver being as bad as they were. And no one really, maybe even you included, Grant, predicted that the Seahawks would actually go on the run they would have. The Geno Smith of it all was absolutely stunning. That never happens, like ever. How old is he? 32? He's 32, yeah. 32 years old and comes out of nowhere and has the season he has. What a crazy ride. Yeah, I think also what's interesting about the Broncos too is that it's, I know we're talking about the Seahawks, but what made that especially crazy to me is that their defense legitimately was elite the whole year, and they still were so bad. I mean, I that that was like the most porous offense I have seen in ages. So <laughs> definitely a real shocker. I, I don't know if Russ is completely washed at this point or not. It feels like he is. Mm. Um but I will say, as a Seahawks fan, you you come into these seasons, especially last season, where it actually was really fun for us as fans for the first time in a while, because I think previously we had these expectations of, like, go to the playoffs every year, um, you know, win 10 games on a regular basis, 10-plus games every year, and then you finally get to the playoffs and we were losing in the first round of the playoffs for I don't know how many consecutive years, but it, it felt like mm -hmm. a decade after that. Super Bowl. And so it's really fun to go into a season like last season with an expectation of being bad for the first time in forever because I previously was not having fun watching a team that's supposed to be good and isn't living up to the expectations. And then now to get to watch a team that you expect to be absolutely horrible, mm -hmm. then exceed the expectations was way more fun for me than the alternative which is what we had when we had Russell Wilson. And so to see them kind of dive bomb and it was a real like factor of, I think me and Brett and most Seahawks fans would have been on the fire Pete Carroll, keep Russell Wilson train. Mm -hmm. And that quickly went the opposite direction, which was like, oh, maybe Pete Carroll's 
not like behind the times and not losing it and is actually a good coach. And that's how it felt for me last year was the realization that like, I think it must've felt like some serious validation for Pete Carroll last year to see that happen and to like, kind of like take back control of the narrative. What little I know of the behind the scenes there is I think Pete Carroll is a really good coach. And so during all of that time, when we'd have the conversation, I know I'd often be like, really, Pete? Pete's done some good stuff. And my hot take last week is just that, yeah, I'm nervous that as Russ has lost a little bit of a step, that he just doesn't process the pocket at a high enough speed to ever really regain any of that magic. Now, maybe they'll, you know, they're going to win more games this year with Sean Payton and all that, but I don't know that it'll ever be the same. I I mean, it's been this way since the start of Russ is not a chain mover. Always, the plays are always broken down, super long passes that when it works, it's so fun to watch because mm-hmm. it's all these downfield air raid kind of throws, but it's never on schedule. It's never a slant pass over the middle. It's never a hook route. It's just always off schedule. You can't, and I can see how for a coach, it must be so infuriating to be in a situation where like your play has never run the way you design it to run. And that's what's so frustrating about Russ and is exciting about Geno's. That's the first time in, you know, since since Pete Carroll took over that we had a quarterback that's running the offense, how it's supposed to be run. And you have these on schedule throws and and the plays designed and ran the way it's supposed to be. Brett, as we fast forward to this season, what's it like to be on a group text thread with Grant on on the Seahawks? Uh Grant thinks the season is over every other day, depending on the injury report. Um, Devin Witherspoon is apparently a bust um, because his he has a tight hamstring, uh, which has been a career ender for so many. I'm sure it has. Let's be clear, um, it has been a career Grant, ender. Grant is a not 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 a not a tight hamstring, maybe a torn hamstring. Um, but yeah, Grant Grant is Grant and I go back and forth all the time, and um, it's an exciting time to be a Seahawk because it's almost like when Russ left, it was almost like a breath of fresh air. Of like we always had, ever since we won the Super Bowl, we felt somewhat like as a Seahawk fan, you just felt like ever, we felt like we should just keep winning because we had this window of time where Russ is the quarterback. We need to win. We need to win. And when he left, it was almost like okay, let's take a deep breath and be bad for a couple of years and restart and get a fresh start. And all of a sudden. Uh, Game one, I'm watching Gino, and it's like, wait a minute. Like, was that just like a third down and four conversion? I don't even know what that looks like. I haven't seen that in like <laughs> 12 years. I can't even imagine in going rhythm. to a receiver in rhythm and not getting sacked. I mean, we're, we're bashing on Russ, but I mean, it, it's a lot of it's deserved. I mean, our O-line got, got um, loaded on for years and years and years about how bad our O-line was. And in reality, I think it had a lot to do with Russ not throwing on time because all of a sudden – Gino throws on time and our O-line is good last year with two rookie tackles. Um, same thing with our offensive coordinators. Russ got several several offensive coordinators fired. I'm not saying he personally like got them fired, but his play, in my opinion, got them fired because I think even Pete Carroll thought, well, we need to do something different in the system to try to get Russ going. And in reality, I think this year will be a huge revelation because if he can't do it under Sean Payton, who has done it with this type of quarterback – this height of quarterback and Drew Brees, um, then it's all on Russ, the fact that, hey, he actually wasn't that good the whole time and um, cost a lot of people a lot of jobs. Three last bullet points on Russ, then I want to get to this year. One, 
Kirk had a very similar thing with Robert Griffin the third in 2012, 13, 14. It was a thing where the offensive line was so bad and everyone needs to fix it. And how come they're not doing anything about it? And he's taking so many sacks and then they only switched Kirk out with Robert. And all of a sudden the offensive line was grading out amazing because the ball was coming out on time. It happened. Secondly, we are kind of crapping on Russ, but don't forget that when he did make those plays, it was incredibly exciting. I mean, there is a reward to that play style for sure, especially when you can run the way he was running. And thirdly, I do remember you all these years, like these last, after that Super Bowl, so I'd say like 2016 through 20, Grant specifically would be like, dude, I'm watching the games. He's missing open guys. He's not throwing in rhythm. But to the national media, that was so surprising because all we heard was that he still was the same Russ. Let Russ cook, remember? And yeah. you you warned me of this fall like four years ago. Anyways, about this year, the Seattle Seahawks over under is eight and a half wins. I want both of you in as ridiculous of a way as possible. Pitch me, why are they going to go over? And we'll talk about if they go under, what went wrong. But first, why are they going over eight and a half wins? In my opinion, or we're taking back the same team that we just had um, that won 10 games. Okay. And we just added great playmakers to it, which is Smith and Jigba looks phenomenal. First wide receiver taken off the board in the draft. In camp. In camp, he looks great. If Witherspoon can play, it's just another person on the outside in the cornerback room, which was already good last year that we just added. And if he plays like a top five pick should, I mean, we're going to have a fantastic secondary with the additions of Jamal Adams back, who's, I think, essentially going to play a linebacker role this season. And then we have Julian Love, who came from the Giants, who's a really good safety, I think is going to kind of take that strong safety position. So in my opinion, you get Geno another year in the system as a starter working with the first team, which is always going to be good. You get more reps. Um, and then we just added great players to the mix that are like on the outside and playmakers. Arizona is probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're almost actively trying to lose. We don't know how much better the Rams are going to be. And the 49ers are absolutely loaded, but I feel like personally the window is starting to close and there's a little bit of drama there with the Nick Bosa stuff and who's going to be at quarterback. So I guess that'd be my argument for also maybe a slightly easier division than it has been in the last five years. Brett? Yeah, I agree with everything Grant said. I think to me the the thing that I'm most excited about that could lead to, should lead to more than eight and a half wins is I think JSN will, um, not necessarily when it comes to overall stats, but I think on third down, him and Gino are going to have a massive connection. I think JSN in the slot is similar to a Cooper Cup where he's just very difficult to to guard one-on-one and I think Gino's going to look to him and I think it's we were Gino was already good on third down last year I think he's going to be extremely good on third down uh, this year because of specifically JSN our O-line is a year more experienced Um, everybody's back Um, D-line the things that have stood out to me so far in camp that I'm hearing things I'm seeing and reading it sounds like the D-line is quite a bit better D-tackle is a concern Uh, rush defense would be one of the reasons we would not get over eight and a half wins because uh but i think bobby wagner being in the middle will help a lot with that um and yeah, he's uh, back Jaren reed i as forgot well. about that J- yeah jaron reed jaron reed will help as well but I, we don't have depth there i wouldn't be surprised if in the next in the next week and a half um we add more depth at dt uh, defensive tackle through a trade or free agency because our starters are average our backups no one's heard of and we're we're an injury or two away from that being an issue but all that being said, 
our rush defense was awful last year, and we still won 10 wins. Got uh, got 10 wins. So I'm really excited and pumped up. There's a lot of continuity back. Boye Mafe, our second-round pick from uh, Minnesota last year, is in his second year. He's been apparently just been unbelievable in camp, and the two preseason games I watched, he immediately stood out. So I think he's a name that will people will know about by uh, about halfway point through the year. Woo! I'll take Yes. Uh, okay, so if in six months we're talking and the Seahawks have only won six games besides the rush defense and besides injuries, any other reason that would happen? Um, I think that's exactly the reasons that Brett just said. Like, we didn't, they get, get, run all over. We didn't get better in the interior. And you look at these on both the offensive lines and the defensive lines. In my opinion, those are the two biggest glaring issues, is interior O-line, interior D-line, and I don't see how he got a whole lot better there. Um, and I I could easily see that blowing up our season just like it could anybody else. But you look at these teams that are amazing, like the Eagles, um, the Niners, like these teams have just really great trench players. And I think the problem with the Seahawks is that we could have all the talent on, in the world on the outside and in the secondary and playing wide receiver and all that stuff and running back. But if you can't block or you can't stop the run, how are you going to win those games? So that would be what derails the season, just like Brett said. Well, for me, I am bullish on the Seahawks, not even as a Seahawks fan. I think in a lot of ways, the Vikings and Seahawks are kind of sister teams. I feel like you and I have talked about that. I mean, not the Super Bowl part, but since like 2015, 16, very similar, constantly winning, always winning eight, nine, 10, 11 games, never going to be worse than that, but not really threatening a championship and the expectations. I think in a lot of ways, similar loaded at the skill positions, but a little bit weaker on the interior of things. And can you scheme around that? Can you get away with it? However, I think mostly the answer is yes. If you have a smart offensive coordinator, you can get away with it. The Vikings, for example, had horrible interior pass protection and could not block the run game at all and still were seventh in the league in points last year via just scheming their skill position guys open. I think the Seahawks are similar for me personally. I would probably be betting the over on this. And I also think a lot of people are saying, well, I got to see it one more year with Geno. I got to see it one more year. He hasn't done this. The things that Gino does well, similar to Kirk, don't just go away. That's the difference for me between like a Russ. Gino, I'm not worried about losing a step because he's doing so much of the stuff from the pocket and he is processing at a high enough level that I don't think I need to personally see it again. I am pretty confident that Gino, like you can mark him down right now, I think, for 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 picks or better. And I'm not really worried about him losing a step there. So for that reason, I'm also on the over as well. I am curious from your guys' perspective, being Seahawks fans, MC West fans, give me a quick rundown on the division. How do you see this shaking out? Any other interesting storylines there? I think two bottom of the barrel teams in our division. I think the Rams are going to be horrible. You don't think they'll be any better, huh? I don't think the Rams are going to be any better. No, I don't. They just keep getting older. They don't have any picks. I think they're. I think they're trying to tank. Really? Yeah. Donald's going to retire at the end of the year. I just think they won their Super Bowl and they don't have the motivation to do it anymore. And and I've heard I've heard the argument that if you have a star coach, Sean McVay, which I think we all would agree he is, you have a really good quarterback, you have an incredible defensive player, and you have an incredible weapon that that alone should be worth seven wins. No, they they might win seven games, but I I have a hard time believing it'd be more more than that. I get I get nervous about injury with them. 
Like Matt Stafford's I'm got the same a way, Kyle. I, I mean, that's just not something you want to mess with. <laughs> Stafford. I mean, how many concussions did Stafford have last year? I mean, I, I would be shocked yeah. if Stafford is is plays more than eight games this year. Quite frankly, I don't know who their backup quarterback is, but just so we're all on the same page. He's like he's like a year away from qu- calling it quits, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think, I think their whole team is. <laughs> I think, I think McVay, McVay, all their best players are one year away. Stafford's yeah. one year away. McVay's for sure done after this year. Uh, no. Donald's retiring after this year. <laughs> McVay's not done after this year, I don't think. Stafford, I do think, just can't hold up anymore physically. McVay already said, did he not say that he wants to go to like a TV NBC thing? or yeah. ESPN or something like he that? Turned down, he turned down a big contract, you know, or um, broadcasting offer from Amazon, I think. Um, for their Thursday night games, I agree, Grant. I I I don't know if I don't know if their entire team is trying to is just about done. But I I think McVeigh. I think they're going to have a rough year. I think Stafford's going to retire um, mainly due to injury and head, head concussion concerns. And I think McVeigh is going to realize that they have no money left. Their draft picks are skim moving forward. They don't have a whole lot of talent. I think he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to go take a couple of years off and then go get a head coaching job somewhere else after three years in the booth. They're like the poster child for going all in, getting a Super Bowl, making it worth it. As a Vikings fan, I just want one, just want one, and then ultimately being awful for a while afterward. Yeah. How about the Niners? Niners are going to be are going to be good. I, they have, in my opinion, the best roster in the NFL offensive and defensive talent um, across the board. Um, a, I still, I still don't, I don't think Brock Purdy is good. There's some, there's, I believe that Kyle Shanahan is a bona fide genius and has made yep. gold out of sacks of turds. We're, we're essentially, in, we're, yeah. we're in lockstep on this. 100%. And Brock Purdy is not good. And he, he, I think he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. But if, if you look this is when they played the Seahawks, for instance, and I, I watched a few of their games. And Brock Purdy's touchdowns were to a dude where no one was in thirty yards of the of the guy who caught the ball. But they he were wins underthrown. though. He wins though. That's the dumbest know, argument to me. Put Brock Purdy on the on the Arizona Cardinals, and that dude throws for two thousand yards and fifty six <laughs> interceptions. That's my Jameis Winston thirty thirty. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's terrible, and Mc, I, I, they're going to be good. They're probably I think they had as good of a chance as anybody to make the Super Bowl this year. It's um, so mind blowing to me that Kyle and John Lynch can't get that one ingredient right. He's such a genius at everything. He makes it so easy for quarterbacks, and yet he can't find the guy to get them over the hump, no matter what they try. The Trey Lance thing is a disaster. Like what? That's the thing that like we saw what happened when he had Matt Ryan, who's like ho-hum when he, when. Yeah. His whole career is pretty average. Shanahan is and not then MVP. Yes. And finally he has a guy who can do it and they go to the Super Bowl. They should have won to go back to the Niners. They just have such a good defense and they just smothered every, like everybody that they played and then you combine that with an offensive genius and you got skill position dudes that you can just throw a slant pass or a flat pass and they just take it to the house or get 10 15 yards without you doing anything yeah they're gonna be amazing don't forget about the fact that they have more than almost any team in the nfl been bitten hard by the injury bug almost every single season if they somehow finally like i'm not talking about completely avoiding injuries but like some of their most prominent players every year have gotten hurt early on 
and have really derailed their teams. So if they can somehow stay healthy, I agree. And I going back to your point, Kyle, I cannot I concur with you about how how has Shanahan not gotten himself a quarterback? Quite frankly, I'm surprised he didn't just stick with Jimmy G. Uh, when they drafted Trey Lance, they like intentionally just went out of their way to just mm-hmm. not re-sign him when Trey Lance had proven nothing. Um, I was really surprised they got rid of him. They they just need to they need an average an average to above average like slightly above average quarterback, and they probably could have two Super Bowls in the last six years. And they somehow found a way to have yeah. below average quarterback play, and not get a guy like a Kirk Cousins or some type of caliber of quarterback who is okay. Is he the upper upper echelon of quarterbacks? That type of quarterback? No, but a guy who clearly is an established, proven quarterback. If I'm just, I'm shocked they haven't figured that out. They're so loaded that I don't think it's hot takey to say if they had Kirk, if they had Geno, I mean, they probably have two Super Bowls right now. I don't think it's not crazy to say. Hundred percent. No, and I think I think if Jimmy G had hit that, yeah, that one that ball. downfield route in the Super Bowl, he'd still be their quarterback, and they'd probably be better right now. And even though they got rid of him, I think that like the the talk in the offseason after that had to have ruined Jimmy Garoppolo right. because that was an that was a touchdown game winning yeah throw and he missed it and that was all people were talking about. I afterwards. just can't figure out that part of it that Kyle has such a glaring issue there although he's so genius everywhere else. Like the Trey Lance thing to give up three first round picks to move up nine slots to have a guy that you give up on that fast and be that unworkable. But also, also Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm totally going to make a judgment here off one preseason thing, but I watched their last preseason game. He had two drives and the first drive he hit, I think Ayuk on like a little hitch kind of over the middle ish for five yards. Ayuk like spun out of it and took it to the house and they scored a touchdown. And everyone's like, yay, Brock Purdy's back. And I watched on the next drive the same kind of throw. They asked him to throw like a 10-yard out. It was one of the most horrific throws I've ever seen in my whole life. The guy's wide open. He airmails it into the stands. And I'm like, that's the thing. How could it be that bad? He makes the system so easy that a guy who can miss a 10-yard out that bad can still be undefeated in the games he plays in. No, he's not good. Let's just... Let's put it out there in the open right now. Brock Purdy is a terrible quarterback that is made to look like he's amazing from their from their coach. Can we talk about Kyle Shanahan? I, who's making the decision, in my opinion, when they do this? Because they did the same thing with Robert Griffin. Or you think it's ownership popping in to say, we need to make a move like John Lynch. Hey, you need to like do whatever you need to do to get one of these top-tier quarterbacks, and that's what he does? Because I, I don't know. You, you know from talking to Kirk and things like that, what like what Kyle Shanahan wants. There's, in my opinion, there's no way that he wanted Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, is the, again, the same kind of quarterback as Robert Griffin where they're not going to run the offense the way that it's supposed to be run. He's going to run around back there forever, and he's going to, he might have all the arm talent in the world, but he needs somebody who just reads defenses, and he doesn't ever get it. The vibe I've gotten from Lynch and Shanahan is that they're in lockstep on everything. I haven't gotten a vibe at all that John Lynch is some type of GM that is, yeah. you know, trumping the trumping the coach. I think that what Shan- I think Shanahan and him were completely on the same page, and I think that Shanahan thought and trusted the fact that how good he is at um, developing quarterbacks and his offensive system that they were going to choose the elite athletic traits of Trey Lance and trust themselves to develop him into a quarterback so they'd have the system quarterback that they want along with elite traits like Russell had. 
and they thought they thought they could do it, and it didn't somehow it didn't work out. I remember the his first year that it was like week six. He they put him in the game against the Seahawks. He started the game against the Seahawks, and Grant and I were texting about how pumped we were that they drafted him because he looked so <laughs> awful. They could not throw. He could not throw anything. Like he was so far off. He looked worse than a high school quarterback. Um, so I I just think they screwed it up. I th- I just think they screwed it up. I think they I yes. I don't think it was a I don't think it was discord between the two of them. I just think they just made a bad draft pick, and unfortunately, they came with years of consequences. <laughs> I don't think it's a Washington situation. I think they just missed. I mean, the amount of people that miss on quarterbacks in the first round is staggering. You would think it's at least 50%. It's not. It's like under 40%, the amount of people that are super stoked on their quarterback, their first-round quarterback. So I think they just made a mistake. But I'm with you. The one thing that's so weird to me is maybe this is a hot take. I'm a firm believer that two of the things that don't get improved upon from college to pros are how fast you can process decisions and defenses and accuracy. Everyone always drafts these guys that have all these freak traits thinking if we could just fix his accuracy, if we can get him to complete, you know, 65% instead of 60% will be golden. And I feel like that almost never happens. You know who ruined this for everybody? Josh Allen. Because the first season, Josh Allen looked horrible, completing 50% of his passes, missed all these downfield throws. And then suddenly it's like, oh, totally. He, there are a few exceptions. I will say even to that, he did almost lead the league in turnovers last year. But yes, I agree. He's one of the few exceptions. Most of the time, I feel like if you draft a guy trying to fix the accuracy, it's not the right way to go. Anthony Richardson will be a good example of that because the knock on him was accuracy. Now, apparently, according to Orlovsky, a lot of that was overdone because his wide receivers very weren't very good. And there was a lot of drops, but... They drafted him based on athletic traits and a strong arm and accuracy was a question yep. mark. And we'll find out if that works. Okay. Give me a quick rundown on any fantasy things I need to know. We have a friends from work fantasy league going. What should our listeners that have made the journey over to friends from football? What, where, who should they be taking where and who should they avoid? I think you can take Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. I do think there's going to be a little bit of a running back by committee approach but I think he's going to have a, a good season. And I, what I've seen from Charbonnet, who's the, who's the rookie that we drafted in the second round, I don't, I don't know. I just don't – Kenneth Walker has a different level of burst from him, and I think he's going to get the ball a lot more. So I would say Kenneth Walker is a good fantasy pick. If you get him in those middle-late rounds, if you're going zero running back strategy, he's, he'd probably be an okay dude to have as your running back too. And then um, I think you could – I think you could have – a really good season, and I got by last year by drafting DK Metcalf, thinking that was the worst decision I've ever made was to draft DK Metcalf, <laughs> and then he ended up doing great. So I think you're you're good with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in those middle round wide receiver groups as a wide receiver two for either one of those. I don't think either of them can be wide receiver one. I think they're going to spread the ball out too much to be really relevant individually as like a top tier wide sure, receiver first round guy. Yeah, um, I don't think you can touch any of the tight ends. Um, Fant could get a touchdown here or there, but there's there's just nothing there that you can touch for the tight ends. To be fair, there's legit only like five tight ends in the league that are <laughs> guaranteed yeah. to get six points or more. <laughs> and then I think you Gino could sneak in there as the tenth number ten quarterback. That's that's my fantasy football take for the Seahawks. I, I would say for me, I mean, to be fair, Gino was QB five last year in fantasy football. 
So was he? Really? Why would? Yes, he was. So that's crazy. If wow. he's only I did gonna, not know if he's that only, either. yeah, if he's only gonna get better, I mean, uh, I would not be surprised at all because uh, I was shocked when I saw that too. I would not be. I mean, why would he be worse? My guess is his stats will be slightly better. He could have a few more picks because he did get away with some pretty uh, interceptable passes last last year. Probably four or five that did not get picked that probably should have been. Um, but I would say that to, I agree with everything Grant said. The two things I'll add is the Geno thing, but also Tyler Lockett continues to um, people to continue to not draft him very high. Yes. For example, in our fa- in our family league, I just we do an auction draft. I got him for three dollars. And he was a top 20 wide receiver last year. He continues to do it year after yep. year after year. My guess is he will not have as quite as many catches this year, but he continues to be a touchdown producer. Seems to score 10-plus touchdowns almost every season. Um, and my third thing I'll add is I would guess that by the second half of the year, JSN is going to be a mainstay in fantasy rosters, uh, starting lineups. That's my hot take. I'm with you on Lockett, by the way. It's the least sexy wide receiver pick ever. Like no one ever talks about Lockett in the conversation with any kind of legitimacy. And yet I feel like every year he does it. Every year I look at him I'm like, oh, someone's winning their league because Tyler Lockett's their flex player. And somewhere out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. he's actually scoring all the time. Okay, but hold on a second. Before we move on from fantasy football, we need to go back to what I said at the beginning of this this um, conversation, which is you would be making a huge mistake if you don't take Jake Bobo in the first or second round <laughs> of your fantasy football drafts because this dude... What a name. This Bobo. dude, Jake Bobo, is going to catch nothing but touchdowns. I predict <laughs> 25 to 30 <laughs> touchdown catches across the board. This dude just doesn't to miss. To a game, to a game. <laughs> it's not a matter of is he going to get touchdowns. It's going to be what's the first decimal in the amount of touchdowns he gets? Is it one <laughs> for 10? Is it two for 20? Is it three for 30? Nobody knows, but... um. He's a MVP candidate. I want to know who everyone's surprise league-winning fantasy player is this year. Who are they taking for $1 or in the 15th round that is going to win them their fantasy league? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to even think who's even going in the 15th round. Maybe not 15th, but we're talking like <laughs> the who – would, who would be the example from last year? I will say this is not, this is not to answer your question. Just to give one last pitch, I am a pretty big believer in getting guys like Kirk and Geno way late, like not taking a quarterback. People make fun of them. It's not sexy. And they end up quarterback nine or 10 and you can draft them like in the 15th round. Uh, Who would that be to jump out of nowhere? You guys already did your draft. I haven't done a draft yet. All mine are next week. I mean, would Grant... Grant would Kelvin Ridley count? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I think th- I think that counts. Even though he's pretty hyped up, I still think that he could he could be a dude that's like a league winner for sure. Like I'm talking like maybe the best value pick from where their draft position is or what their auction value is. I think that Ridley could easily be that person. Do you have an answer? Man. Um, I think if we're going like way out of nowhere. I think it's it could be one of the Steelers wide receivers, mm-hmm. who, which is kind of crazy. I think that it could be like Pickens or Deontay Johnson because no one cares about them anymore, and those dudes are are really good. By the way, the Steelers were another one of my teams. I bet the over just because. Yeah, the famous story of Mike Tomlin is never under five hundred, literally, and their over under is eight and a half. And then, especially with the preseason hype, I just feel like they're a well run organization. That's an easy nine wins for me. Yeah. 
Grant, another name to think about, Christian Watson with the Packers. I could see him and Love having a ridiculous connection. That's 100%. I think that's a good call, too. I think that the Packers are going to be better than people think, too. Yeah, I don't have a fancy name for you right now. I'll have to do a draft, and then I'll see where, where we're drafting. Well, I was going to say that I think that I think Addison could be a okay. dude that's, that's a legit, like, I know that obviously the ball is going to go to Justin Jefferson all the time, which is why I, I maybe wouldn't initially say him because it's like you know they're going to scheme that offense around Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're talking somebody's taking Thielen's spot, I think mm-hmm. that Addison could be that dude. And then I also would say um, it could be it could be somebody like um, David Montgomery, like the Lions running back, who's going to do the same thing that Williams did last year where it's just, like, randomly getting, like, 13 touchdowns when you, like, never expected it. Like hawk just, a bunch of goal yeah, he's just gonna Yeah, he's just going to keep – running the ball in even though i i took jameer gibbs i think the other dude could do it yeah a couple of the names wide receivers Ayuk, i think could have a massive year Debo struggles to stay healthy i think Ayuk could be a league winner also another guy that struggles struggles to stay healthy mike williams with the chargers if all the things that i said about the chargers offense is true and williams stays healthy i mean there's games where williams just completely dominates if he stays healthy for 14 games and the Kellen Moore offense does what I think it's going to do in the passing game, at least. I think Mike Williams could be a league winner as well. I would like to close today's discussion with a quick little preview of the Vikings fantasy. And I, I'm, I'm not way up on Madison. I am up on him as a player, as far as affecting the game. I am not really up on their ability to coach up the run game. I don't think Madison's a guy that I would draft as high as people are going to be drafting him. I'm nervous that he's going to split some time with some of the backups like Ty Chandler and Kenny Wongu when he comes back. I, I like him, and I'm excited the Vikings went this direction, but I don't think it's a powerhouse run game. I, I do think TJ Hawkinson, uh, the Vikings offense was significantly different once he joined. And to your point about Addison, I wonder if that's going to have a similar effect this year because Adam Thielen, who I freaking love, Last year was not the Adam Thielen that he was in 2018 and 19. And if Addison is an improvement there and it's early, but just like uh, in Jigbo or whatever his name is in yeah. Seattle, the camp hype is is going crazy right now. If he does become a legit wide receiver too, I think that's an upgrade. And then it comes down to how much does that end up taking away from Justin versus do people like Justin and TJ get more catches because there's less attention on them? I never know that balance. I get nervous in the Vikings offense that they spread it around too much. But I guess my point is I see JJ as an obvious first round slam dunk. Like he's going to get 1800 yards, 1600 yards, eight to 10 touchdowns over a hundred catches. Um, literally the most yards ever for th- the first three years. Uh, and then I see TJ is super legit. And those are the two that I think are super legit. And then yes, Addison is like your way late flyer. Well, this has been fun. This morphed into like 17 different conversations, but I'll take it. Thanks for joining me guys. Thanks for having Thanks. us, Kyle. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you. Go Hawks. And as always, thank you to everyone out there who has been listening. As I mentioned earlier, I will be back next week with another episode of Friends from Football on the day the NFL season kicks off, and I will be doing Kyle's Best Bets, five NFL bets from week one against the spread, if you want to do that with me. 
I will be doing on FanDuel Sportsbook as a side note, but looking forward to that. Thank you again. A lot more around the NFL discussion coming up right back here on Friends from Football. Friends from Football.